Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... What wakes you up in the morning? An alarm clock? God wants you to hear the trumpets of heaven. God wants you to wake up every day and know that your life does make a difference, that your life does have meaning, that he is watching, that he wants to walk with you. Friends, what drives you? What drives you? Young people, you wanna make it in this business world? You work for Jesus and people will notice. Jesus gave a flawless example of how to live a perfect life on earth, where to place priorities, how to treat others, and how to submit to God's authority. Today, Pastor Jim will teach on motivation and a greater purpose for living. Are you stuck in the routine of life with little to no spiritual drive? Be encouraged that there is much more to life than merely what the world provides. The Lord wants us to treat every day as a new opportunity to serve Him by loving those in our workplace and home. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part two of his message entitled, Why Should I Get Out of Bed? The sun just, it's just going around in circles. The wind, it's just, it's just going nowhere. And here's the richest guy on the earth says this, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. No matter what I get, it's not enough. No matter what I do, it's not enough. What's wrong with me? You see, while King Solomon was this great empire builder, he's telling us there's really no progress. I was young yesterday. Some of you are in your 20s. You were in middle school yesterday, weren't you? You say, well, this is church. That's the way you think. Let Let me give you a quote. Okay, you ready? Ticking away the moments that make up a dull day, fritter and waste the hours in an offhanded way. Kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown, waiting for someone or something to show you the way. And you run, and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. It's from the, from the song Time, 1973, from Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon. You know in your house, you have pictures of people in your family who lived a long time ago, right? You have to go to Ancestry.com to find out their names. You don't even know their names, do you? That's your grandfather. What was his name? You're like, in my family, it's like, uh, James? <laughs> We're all named James, right? Okay. So... so. Some of us are old enough to remember when JFK was shot. John Lennon said that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. Some people are like, John who? Beatles? It's about bugs? What? I don't don't get it. We already have in our children's ministry right now a generation that cannot answer the question, where were you on 9-11? They can't answer it. Our life is like a breath. 
It's like going down to the shore and walking along the beach and you see your footprints and all of a sudden one wave comes and it goes over your footprints and it goes out and your footprint is gone, washed away. We left a mark, but quickly washed away. Verse 80 gives us a summary. He says, all things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. He's saying, man can't even explain it. The uh, contemporary English version of the Bible is a, more of a paraphrase that says this, all of life is far more boring than words could ever say. He says, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. I guess he knew what it would be like if you had a cell phone or an iPod or Facebook that eventually it's not really what you hoped it would be. Verse 9, that's which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Now you say, I object. Well, he knows you would. So that's why he wrote verse 10. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. People say, oh, no, there's new technology. Right? I can, I can text my friend on the other side of the world and they can answer in one minute. Solomon say, oh, we, we call that wanting to be connected. We call that wanting to be close from people who are away. You say, oh, there's all kinds of new technologies and, and we can heal certain kinds of diseases. Solomon say, you'd think we didn't long to be healed? You didn't think we had aches and pains? It's a problem we read the Bible. We always think it's easier for Bible people, right? Well, it was easier for them. Solomon's saying the base desires, the basic desires of humanity are the same. And so he's saying, if we just die and go in the ground, there's really no progress. There's really no gain. Verse 11, there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are come by those who will come after. King Solomon knows this all too well, that when he dies, the world will go on without him. The only reason we're talking about him is because he's in the Bible. But he knows there must be a point. There actually must be a reason to get out of bed if all of this is so meaningless and empty. See, Solomon, the wisest man before Jesus, knows this, that the grind kills our spirits. That death wipes out our aspirations, but it also wipes out our accomplishments. And then Jesus tells us how heaven sees this with two haunting questions. Matthew 16, 26, he says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Jesus is saying, what's the gain? What's left at the end if we only live for this world? Because ultimately he's asking this, if life is so brief, what do we get for working under the sun? But it's important to remember, friends, when we read the Bible, it is, as I like to think of it, divine inspiration for my perspiration. It is God's word showing us that divine inspiration doesn't come from under the sun, but it comes from over the sun. That if we want to find satisfaction, maybe we have to stop looking exclusively at this world 
and take a glance, take a peer into another world that actually can turn verse three from a very discouraging verse to a very encouraging verse. Look at it again. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? Friend, look at the different world just for a second. Don't you see that all that you do can have meaning? Don't you see that all you have experienced or can experience can have a purpose if you're willing to view it through the lens of the word of God? If you're willing to put your gospel glasses on? If you're willing to take the counsel not from under the sun, but take the counsel from over the sun? Because the divine inspiration comes from another world. You see, when I, when I know that it comes from another world, I look at the stability of nature and it reminds me not of the mundane, but it reminds me of the stability of the creator. He is stable. And the fact that I am never satisfied reminds my soul to go deeper and deeper into the endless depths of God. So instead of being filled, filled, filled and feeling empty, I am filled, filled, filled and I'm feeling satisfied. Many people I know absolutely can't stand getting out of bed in the morning. You know, I always tease the guys here. I'm like, I know you'd rather be home today with Pastor Pillow and Reverend Sheets. (laughs) But that's not exclusively to Sundays, is it? Sometimes it's a real trouble to get up every day I know many people who hate their boss. I know many people who hate their job. They hate their school. They hate working. And they're coming to hate life. They wonder why they're unfulfilled. And then when they become Christian, they say, well, I didn't feel led to do it. (laughs) I didn't feel led to go to work today. (laughs) Your boss is like, I don't feel led to employ you anymore. But listen to what Ephesians chapter six, fast forward a thousand years, the apostle Paul writes this, after Jesus has ascended into heaven, he says, bond servants, we might say workers, students, be obedient to those who are your masters, your bosses, your teachers, your parents, dare I say your ministry leader, I'll never say your pastor, but dare I say your ministry leader, according to the flesh. What is he saying? Stop complaining, do your job. Stop your complaining, do your job. Do you ever realize that a lot of times that you're complaining that makes you more miserable than what you're actually doing? He says, do your job according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. What is he saying? Serve your boss as you would Jesus. Serve your teacher as you would Jesus. Serve your parents, young people, as you would Jesus. Verse six, not with eye service as men pleasers. Don't don't do it just to be seen by them. But as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Isn't it interesting? You could write a book on finding God's will for your life. You'll be a millionaire. Offering boxes in the back, okay? (laughs) You could write tons of books on the will of God for your life. But hear this, God says, here is your will of God. P3, 
People are asking, what is God's will? God says it's very simple. Work for your boss, work for your parents, work for your teachers, obey them like you would me. That's my will for your life. Verse seven, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not men. See, when you're serving, you're doing it for God, not just for the people around you, but for God. And then you say, well, why in the world should I do this? Look at verse eight. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. God uses the emptiness of our work to get us to look for our fulfillment in him. God uses your boss to show you your rebellion to God or your submission to God. Because who gave you your boss? God did. Who gave you your parents? God did. Now, when your boss or your parents ask you to sin, different story, different day, different sermon. But see, God is using people who tell us what to do in a powerful way to show us how we are towards God because sometimes God's gonna tell you something to do that you don't wanna do. And you're gonna go, I don't feel led. God's gonna go, don't be led, just do it. (laughs) God uses the mundane of your commute, which you can use your car time to learn so much about God. He uses the the mundane of your commute. He uses a boring daily life to call you to himself. To call you to the depths of his love and his grace and the knowledge of God. To call you to the abundant life. See, God is using a lack of joy in our work and in our lives to show us a deep spiritual problem that can only be satisfied in him. Friends, let me ask you this question. And I ask this question from the bottom of my heart. What wakes you up in the morning? An alarm clock? God wants you to hear the trumpets of heaven. God wants you to wake up every day and know that your life does make a difference, that your life does have meaning, that he is watching, that he wants to walk with you. Friends, What drives you? What drives you? Young people, you want to make it in this business world? You work for Jesus and people will notice. People will notice because you'll do a good job. You'll follow through on your promises. You'll be asking for more work. You'll be doing the things the right way. And God rewards such people. I'm not saying you'll be rich, but you'll be able to hang your head right up high that you're walking with the king. Jesus Christ was a carpenter. Jesus never hated his boss. He never thought that the work of being a carpenter was below him. When he was a kid in his father's shop and his father said, hey, Jesus, get the broom, sweep the shop floor. He didn't go, but do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm Emmanuel, God with us, right? He didn't do it. What'd he do? Did what he was told to do. Did what he was told to do. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, as he was known then, never worked in the carpenter shop and saying this to himself all the time, I'm not being paid what I'm worth. Never. Jesus learned that his heavenly father met him in the mundane and the messy 
Jesus learned that his father met him in the difficult and the dirty. And Jesus was satisfied in his relationship with God no matter what he was doing. That's why after 30 years of obscurity, before he ever does a miracle, he's baptized and the voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. You see, God was making Jesus into the person he needed to be to fulfill his role. He took him from from in a poor town and a carpenter shop, working a job, taking care of his family. Jesus never asked us to do anything he wouldn't be willing to do, right? And then he takes him and then he brings him into the limelight. Some of us, we do something for a week and we think we should be the boss. Some of us, we read one pamphlet and we think, oh, I should be the pastor. I should be the ministry leader. You know, you, you perfect attendance at your job for a month. You're like, where's my promotion? God's like, no, I am, I am grooming you for something else. But if we're not obedient, if we're not servants, if we're not working as unto the Lord, then what is God doing instead of grooming us for the next step? He's trying to whack the disobedience out of us. See, if God can't trust us with little things, the Bible says he's not gonna trust us with bigger things. And since the savior of the world had to get out of bed and go to work, go to school, clean the dinner dishes off, sweep the living room floor, since he had to obey his parents, since he had to obey his boss, since he had to serve others, Christian, we do too. We do too. Luke chapter two, Jesus is 12. He's 12. His parents lose him, right? Lose him for a few days. They walk separately, the men and the women. They're going back from Jerusalem. Mary's thinking, oh, he must be with Joseph and the boys doing the men's ministry thing. Joseph is probably like, yeah, he's with his mom again, right? Doing that. All of a sudden they get, they realize they lost him. They come back and they're like, where are you, son? Probably not true. Any of you ever lose your kid in the mall or amusement park? You're not like, oh, where were you? You're not like, ah, right? (laughs) 12 years old, 12. Stone cold sober looks his parents right in the face. Look what he says, Luke 2.49. Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? 12 years old. He already knows what his father's business is. 18 years he's gonna have to wait. 18 years gonna have to wait till what we see. But he would tell us, I wasn't waiting for anything. I was where God had me. I was walking in relationship with my heavenly father. And when God wants to change my circumstances, he'll change my circumstances. John 4, 34. The apostles are like, they, they, you know, they go off, they get some food, right? They're like, hey, Jesus, man, where we go? We got the sandwiches, right? Jesus says this. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's, my, that's what I'm about. That's what drives me, he's saying. The New Testament, the pattern is for Jesus. He would get up early and pray. I'm sure there was days when it was a joy to get up and pray. But other days, he probably got up and, and he knew what was gonna happen that day. And prayer was the hard work of the ministry. The hard work of, of being a Christian. That's how he could in Luke 18. He tells a parable and the dust, uh, Luke tells us that he said, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Why won't they lose heart? Because they ought to pray. 
And when we ought to pray, we do pray, and it's a lot less possible of us to lose heart. Night before the cross, Jesus saying to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane, is there another way? Heaven is silent. And Jesus says what? Not my will, but thy will be done. What is he saying? Father, I'm ready to do your work. Why? Because he was always ready to do his father's work. So friends, our work matters because Jesus' work matters. Our work matters because Jesus Christ's work on the cross matters. Jesus was and continues to be today something new under the sun. Now, you say, well, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. If you only look on the plane of earth, there is nothing new under the sun. But Jesus came to bring something new. Now, people say, well, I guess it was a new religion. If you think that Jesus came to bring a new religion, you need to study the Bible more. First thing he said in Mark's gospel, he proclaims to everybody, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, turn, and believe, trust in the gospel, in the good news. It was an announcement when a conquering king had arrived. Jesus didn't come to bring a new religion. The conquering king came to bring the kingdom of God to earth. The king of the universe came to bring men and women the kingdom of God so he could bring men and women to the kingdom of God when they died. His work of Emmanuel, Christmas, God with us, of God becoming a man, his living a perfect life in our place, his dying on the cross in our place for our sins, his rising from the dead has made a way, that's the work, it's made a way for anyone who would turn to him and put their trust in him to receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life and be reconciled to God for our ignoring him, for our not valuing him, for our our dissing him, for not caring about him. And so the spiritually blind are now able to see. The spiritually deaf are now able to hear. The spiritually lame are now able to walk. The broken are now healed and made whole. And every time we gather, we remember Jesus' work And those that are willing to turn to him and put their trust in him now enter into a new workforce. Yes, you're part of the American economy, but now you're also part of the eternal workforce. You're not just working for your boss, now you're working for your Lord. All right, next verse. 1 Corinthians 15.58, the great resurrection chapter, the apostle Paul says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, Hang in there, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not vain. It's not meaningless. There's more to it than meets the eye. A famous quote from C.T. Studd, the missionary who lived 100 years ago, said this, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last Interesting guy, some interesting quotes. One of his quotes actually really had a lot to do with the the planting of this church. He said this, some people want to minister or pastor in a nice church, in a nice cathedral, a nice chapel. I want to set up my ministry down the road from hell. 
He wanted to, to pull people from hell, not be just all nice churchiness. Friend, your work done for Jesus Christ, even the mundane stuff your boss gives you, even the mundane stuff you do in your life, when it's done in faith, has an eternal value. God is watching. God sees. God knows. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing messages of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them that you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you will make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.